everybody, and welcome to Telgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 181. Today is April 12th, and guess what? It is Bachelor Week for the boys here at Telgate Talks. We are heading to Vegas. By the time you're listening to this, we will be in Las Vegas for the weekend to celebrate my wedding uh, with uh, you know Dustin coming along with me. Dustin, uh, quick thoughts. Uh, on your first trip out to Vegas, where you're actually, you know, going to get to gamble and kind of actually be a part of Vegas. Yeah, I'm very excited to be going and going with y'all, but I'm also nervous that I'm not properly like prepared, just ready. <laughs> Texted you like four different times, like, "Hey, what do I need for this? Hey, what are you bringing for this? <laughs> what are you wearing?" Yeah, <laughs> the key you is be pretty you prepared, know, for- but there's still that like questionable area in my head <laughs> right right yeah i i bring just about an outfit for everything i bring more shirts than i probably would for any other trip more underwear more shorts yeah. just more options because uh right now the weather is kind of uh you know perfect out there so you know good shorts yeah. weather in the evenings it's a little bit cooler so you kind of want to be prepared for all of things vegas my keys i, I always bring like advil pm because i want to make sure i'm getting a good rest when I actually lay my head yeah. down to sleep and that I'm helping my legs out because you're on your legs so much more than you typically are out there walking on the casino floor. Like if you're even playing craps, you're just standing there, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you're on your feet a lot. So Advil PM sunscreen, of course, I got always got to have the sunscreen. Um, and then the rest of the stuff, like luckily our hotels right by a CVS. So if there's anything else we need, oh, we can walk over get it to the cvs the main thing you need money to gamble money for food yeah i got a few hundred dollars out of the atm and whatnot today and stashed away i'll get some more when we get there also i got enough to get me started enough to get you started the the whole you know hope is that that's all you need you get you started and then you're you're playing on on vegas money after that and so you know uh, be thinking of us once you listen to this, you know, wish us good luck. If you got any bets you want us to make for you, you know, send them our way. <laughs> uh, NBA playoffs will be happening Saturday, Sunday. So we'll be out there for that. Uh, still some play in games to be had on Friday. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, but before we get to that, we got to get through this week's episode. Um, and this week we're talking Grant McCaslin and his future here at Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech baseball, of course, has been in action. Uh, we have a little Texas Tech football news, um, not really news, but a little discussion we wanted sure. to have from a Twitter post that we saw. And then, of course, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs as our final shots for the week. But before we get into all of that, make sure you are following us here at Tellgates. Follow everything that we're doing. Got to follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five star ratings, five stars for the Tellgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, you could kindly leave us a review there. We always appreciate those. Also, give our social media accounts a follow. We're the most active on Twitter, which yeah. is t- at Telgate underscore talk. So give us a follow there. But we also are on Facebook and Instagram. Also, give that YouTube channel a follow. Um, we're still looking at possibly doing some live shows over the summer. Uh, that way you can get involved with those. And then, of course, we post clips from uh, episodes that we do uh, when we have you know topics that we want to get out there for you guys to watch so give that youtube channel a follow and if you have anything to add to the tailgate any questions comments or anything you want to add to the show you can email us at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com so with all of that said let's go ahead and get into this week's episode we're gonna start this thing off right Well, Dustin, since the last time we spoke, we we took another week off as the basketball news has been kind of slow, but we now know that Grant McCaslin is the next head coach for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Last time we talked, it was assumed it was just all but confirmed as we waited for UNT to finish their NIT run while they won the championship and McCasland was named head coach the next day. 
Uh, last week, last Monday, he we had his introductory conference at the USA, followed by his you know first press conference uh, as head coach for the Red Raiders. Um, so now, Dustin, that we are fully into the Grant McCasland era hey. here at Texas Tech, what are your thoughts uh, as as this kind of era begins? I see excited that we have something solidified in place and we have a guy leading us in a direction now. It's not just like, yeah, we're not in limbo and up in the air and doing all that anymore. And from his like opening press conference loved, I mean, obviously this is not his first coaching hire. So he kind of knows coach speak and how to go about that, but loved how he approached that, how he looked, had a great looking yeah, suit was jacket yeah. on. Yeah, so looked looked the part very well. Had a lovely red jacket on. Um, obviously, had a great uh, promotional type speech from Norn Sodiase about why he's our yeah. guy and he fits us and what we want to do. He's not just a good basketball coach that's going to do whatever he wants to do. He also fits what we want in West Texas and how Lubbock and Tech has been good. Um, kind of the grinded out hard work defensive type stuff so that's not gonna change for sure so excited about that now we just need some some player movement we got a little bit of coaching movement but now we just need some players to get the roster going yeah i'm excited for this era to begin i think mccaslin ended up being kind of the right man for the job i think a lot of it goes back to like what has our identity been over the last several years and it's been defense and I think if you stray away from that too much, that that might make things yeah. get complicated for you. You know, like like I think I brought it up last time when you Mike Leach and you had offense, you tried to go opposite of that, um, and it didn't work out yeah. very well for you. So I think like staying leaning into that defense, getting a defensive guy who follows the uh, no middle defense uh, model. Um, you know, of course, with his own tweaks and hopefully some tweaks that, you know, guard the three point line a little bit better. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what his take on that defense is, but I know it is modeled after coach Adams defense. He mentioned that in his, um, opening statements, um, how, you know, he, he has worked on that and, and how, what he's added to it. And so interested to see that, but yeah, I think he fits the, the mold here yeah. for a Texas tech basketball coach. I think he's going to get things going on the ground. Right. And it seems like he's got his plan. Like he came in with the plan. He wanted to make sure that he has control over NIL, which I've heard like is maybe one of the reasons some coaches turn their heads to this job is that last year, our NIL was just pretty much ran by the money yeah. men. And I, I don't think you can have that. If you want to have a successful program, you need to coach who actually gets the guys that he needs for the system. Yeah. And you saw it very much last year. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but, yeah, it seems like he's pretty strict, like, hey, I'm going to get the guys that fit my system and bring them in here. And all you can hope for is that, you know, that mold continues to bring success. And it has for him in the past. So can he do it at this level? Remains to be seen. But uh, end all be all, I think it was a good hire. Yeah. Um, if Norris is behind it, it's hard not to get behind that right. hire because uh, just the passion that he has for this program and uh just you know him getting up there on the fly to speak was was uh, just kind of fun to see and see his passion behind this hire and what it means to him to be a part of that so uh i'm excited for the mccasland era uh, as it begins of course the the news has been slow since since we have added McCaslin and you know everybody kind of expected him to get hired and then all the news to start firing well it doesn't always happen that way but some of the stuff that we do know is that he's bringing some of his buddies from UNT with him, assistant coaches uh, Achoki Makobu and Matt Brower. I, I don't know if I got that name right, but it kind of, I was surprised you <laughs> tried that. I, I was going to just say AC. I think that's his nickname. Um, yeah, it goes by AC. Matt was with him. Yeah, those two guys were planned. I guess I don't know if plans the right word, but skeptical about coming along with McCaslin this whole time, I guess. And are both like pretty young and upcoming, really smart coaches from what I've heard through a couple different um, angles. So pretty excited to have them. And it's always good for a guy to bring in a couple of his own guys so that they can help him in what 
the vision is of what he's done. And so that's good. Yeah. And, and the other guy joining uh, from UNT is a strength coach, Andrew Wright. And so I think there yeah. is a big part of that comfortability that these coaches can have from, you know, working together uh, in the past, you know, they know what McCaslin's looking for recruiting wise uh, and they can go and find those guys. And from, yeah, kind of like you said, all the rumblings around these hires where a lot of people had great things to say about these coaches. And so, um, so it seems like those guys were, were in it from the beginning. I think they were at his opening press conference sure. too, uh, there. And yeah. so it just took a while for them to be named for some reason. We're trying to do all this stuff, uh, kind of slowly. And, um, so it was a slow burn, but we got those names. So we know three of our assistant coaches, we know our, or two of our assistant coaches, three of our coaches, and then a strength coach on all top right. of that. Uh, there is some speculation on who the top assistant coach will be. Uh, and that's kind of the one I think that's getting that's lingering the the longest. That might be the most frustrating for Texas Tech fans is it felt like Ben McCollum, the Northwestern Missouri head yes. coach, who's got this crazy offense that that looks so fluid and, and is really good. Seemed like he was like a shoe in and an automatic. Um, not so sure about that anymore. Uh, you got Jakus, the assistant coach at Baylor, whose name's been passed around there a few times, and it's like he's in, he's no. Grant was a former. And then, yeah. uh, of course, another name that's resurfaced, who was kind of in the running from the get-go, but Barrett Peary's name has resurfaced as he did not get a head coaching job uh, this year, so he might be looking to return to the 806. So Dustin just kind of – so those are the three big names that I've heard for this top assistant coach. Any like thought, any direction that you're really wanting us to go there, or are you just wanting us to get this person hired? I just want to get somebody hired. Um, I don't know enough about him. I guess I'll start with the more familiar one. Peary, he was here for the first year, Adams. Um, and we all know that Adams didn't let his offensive coaches do their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, Peary and Steve Green kind of just sat there and, watched watched basketball games um so we didn't really get to see that portland state offense come here i'm sure he still wants to do more of that style um i didn't really watch unlv what they were doing this year and if it was more like that and it sounds kind of like ben mccollum is in a similar boat i don't know specifically but sounds about right there and i don't know what What's his name? Jacus. I think it's John Jacus. Jacus. J a k u s. Yeah, I was. I had him on the low spot of like maybe getting at this. Yeah, head there's a lot of people point. who kind of threw his name uh, out as like a possibility for that. If you can get him as an assistant, <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yeah, he's been an assistant for Baylor for a long time. Maybe he's just trying to get out of there and spread his wings a little more, and maybe have a little more responsibility and role somewhere else and especially staying in the big 12 he knows that'd probably be a great idea and like i mentioned mccaslin was a former baylor guy so there might be a little familiarity there so sounds like all three would be good yeah it's there's not a bad name in that bunch that you're like oh you know i i think for me like peary and jacus obviously scream like hey they've got power five experience right like peary was here for a year and your better year of the two with mark adams um jacus has been at baylor and you know what baylor is consistently so having guys that have had success at this level i think that is kind of important to me because you know adding i like ben mccollum but he is a, a d2 coach then you go on with, uh, you know, McCaslin never coaching power six. These assistants haven't really had a lot of power six experience. Coming into the yeah. best conference. Okay. So having a guy who's kind of been here with and Brady. done that does sound intriguing to me. And, and, you know, Barrett Peary, I think he – I was a big fan of his when he came in. I was a big fan of his throughout the season. I thought he was yeah. a very professional coach, handled it well, um, built some really good relationships, was a good recruiter. Uh, so he has – yeah, great, great on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, a big lot of pluses, I think, for him. Obviously, a guy from Baylor is yeah. good. Like you know, you're not going to turn your head to an assistant for Baylor. It seems like all of Scott Drew's assistants go on to have some success. So uh, to have two of those guys here would be great. And you know, if it is Ben McCollum at the end of the day, it would be interesting to see what his offense can can do at this level. And uh, it would be nice to have some sort of offensive uh, identity here um, to go along with the defensive identity. So. 
uh, like I said, I think they're all really good choices. Um, but right now, I, I kind of want to lean to a guy who's been power six level um, and, and yeah, more familiarity with the Big 12. Um, so hey, maybe that's where I'm leaning. But, you know, at this point, we really don't know. Hopefully, like within the next week, um, we get some more information on that. Uh, it really does feel like we got to kind of get this going faster because NIL is moving quick. Um, and so you kind of want to get those – NIL is moving quick, and the portal closes at the end of the month, I think. And there's already been a little bit of portal movement going on. So, I mean, you'll start to get your roster put together, and your assistant coaches are a big part of that. Yeah, and they're they're out there doing the groundwork, getting the guy, you know, following the guys on Twitter and Instagram and seeing the guys hitting the portal and, and, and talking to them and getting their feet on the ground. So it is important, especially right now, a lot of big names out there. Um, you know, your own guys out there. So um, be curious to see what happens with that. Um, roster wise, it's also been very quiet uh, on that front. And so if you're just really craving text tech news uh, roster wise or anything like that, you just haven't had anything. You're just sitting there kind of send out an emoji with a bunch of clapping that we want news and it yeah. might happen it did for, yeah, at least us. for us like one thing happened and that is uh so portal watch for texas tech right now staying put one the hundred percent staying that we know right now one guy on the roster and Our that is sources. robert jennings he is back he hit the portal saw you know had a couple meetings had a meeting set with the uh, university of virginia and decided to not go and just recommit to Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. So you have Robert Jennings committed back a, a big win for the McCaslin era to get started here, to be able to keep one of your own guys, especially a guy like Jennings who can really fit that mold of this no middle defense that he wants to run. Dustin, what'd you think once Texas Tech fans received that news yesterday from the man himself tweeting out that he is coming back? Yep. Sources say Jennings is staying in the source was Robert was. Jennings. That was a great yeah. tweet by him. But I love that he was staying. I was pretty bummed that he went into the portal just because he was a freshman. He's more of like a power forward type guy. Switchable. And switchable guy. Yep. And you could just see the effort was always there with mm -hmm. him. Like he was a freshman playing quite a few minutes with a lot of our big men out. The effort was always there and the rebounding. Maybe the offense was lacking a little bit, but that'll catch up, I think. So I think to get him back with a big effort and hustle type hardworking guy like that is huge and maybe can help keep the rest of that freshman group here. So I think that's huge for McCaslin, especially to kind of get in there before today, Thursday, which was supposed to be his yeah. trip to Virginia. Yeah, to not even let that happen, I think, is a huge yeah. win. Huge um, win. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people saw the potential there with Jennings. He's one of the, your younger guys. So you feel like if you got him back, he's somebody you can grow with and maybe see being here for a little bit, sure. you know, maybe throughout the rest of his career. I, I don't yep. know. Uh, it's it's hard to say that nowadays, but. Hard to say that for anybody ever at this but point. But yeah, he was that perfect fit for, you know, what Mark Adams wanted to do as a freshman. And he's definitely a perfect fit for what McCaslin's wanting to do and, um, you know, he has the athleticism yeah. uh, to guard one through five, which is what this defense is calling for. Uh, and then, yeah, the offense, uh, you know, you saw spurts of it. He knocked down a couple threes randomly last year, yeah. has some moves, has a nice little mid-range jump shot. So you can see all the all the skill yeah. set is there. Um, just getting more minutes and more opportunities uh, will really help. So that's your first big, like, roster news. There's still guys who haven't hit the portal yet. Um, that you're not sure about Lamar Washington. Yeah. We're not sure about. We want to go through our who we have. So yeah, go have ahead and hit the guys who haven't hit the portal yet, who are so, still, as of today, part of Texas Tech. Technically, we have technically we have seven guys on the roster. We have Jennings at the kind of big man that you know is going to be here, a hundred percent. Yeah. And then everybody else is kind of a question mark, but you think they're staying? Maybe, maybe not for some. Some of them maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Our guards, we got Pop Pop, Lamar Washington, Maureen Williams. And that kind of guard forward position, we got Jalen, Curran Walton, and Kyron yeah. Lindsey. So that's it right now, which, think back two years ago, way more than we had when Beard left Adams, all right? 
So we're looking all right. Now, like I said, some of these guys may be a little more questionable than others. Yeah, I think you're staying. hearing. I would think guys like think... Jalen and Kerwin, Kyron and DeMorian are really more staying because they would probably have to yeah. sit a year. So they've used their kind of freebie transfer. Pop and Lamar kind of still more up in the air if we can keep them. I hope so. Yeah, I've heard a lot about um, some of the guys like, I, I, you know, is Tyson part of the plan? The other thing is like, does the coaching staff want them here? Um, and, you know, we can get into that a little bit after we we'll talk about that after we kind of get through the guys who won't be mm-hmm. back. It seems like uh, Fardaz sure. Amac will not be back. He has committed to play for Cal. Peace. Peace. We'll see you. Thanks for. Apparently he got like four hundred thousand yeah, yeah. from them. Maybe you know? whatever. He was here to collect some checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, move on with it. Their former head coach from Utah Valley yeah. State or whatever they're called is at Cal. Um, so good reunitement for him. Davion so, Harmon yeah. will not be back as he's declared to go try out for the NBA draft. Um, I do not see him getting drafted, but you know he can make the he can go no. undrafted and. Make it and play in some G League summer league ball or, or overseas For a pretty sure. good career too. I mean, quick quickly on him, like I mean, one he's been in college for yeah. a while, so he's probably just ready to kind of move on. This is his third college stop, also. So probably doesn't want to revisit the transfer thing, which I don't think he even could have. Um, and I mean, he's just a different player with how he plays like dynamic needs to be out in space obviously like needs yeah. the ball in his hand a lot and so would he have fit maybe maybe not i think he's just kind of ready to move on and, and go yeah i don't really something. know how much better he's gonna get from more college ball um i think he kind of yeah. is what he is and you know he's got he was great at transition and, and finishing around the rim and had some great moments for us um but but yeah, so he is definitely gone. Uh, Daniel Bacho has hit the portal. Um, he's one of those that you could get back, you could le- uh, could lose. I'm not sure on him. Elijah Fisher is in the portal still. It seems like he's probably not coming back, not hearing any sort of rumblings about him being a future Red Raider. Um, so it seems like he's kind of all but lost. KJ Allen, another guy who's in the portal who seems kind of like he's going somewhere. I think he posted a top five the other day that didn't. Yeah, KJ posted a top five. He looks like he's going back back to the West Coast. He had like San Francisco, Portland yeah. State, um, a couple other West Coast type teams, and Louisiana yeah. Tech. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Um, but yeah. I think he's going to go West, get back yeah, a little smaller to school. I think well, he'll see a little bit more playing time. Um, and, For sure, and I think so, he can do well. Uh, those are like three guys that are in the portal that you're not really sure of. But yeah, so you're, you're just kind of thoughts on this this whole thing as, as a whole here with the guys that were, you're still not sure if they're going to hit the portal or not. Uh, the guys who have hit the portal um, and kind of, you know, guys coming in, you've seen us be interested. The interest Kings I'm calling us this, this off season, Texas Tech is interested in this. Um, you know, you're seeing some people, some names, there's nobody that you're super in on other than I've heard this. There's this Nevada kid that um, was like the freshman player of the year. Yeah. last year in their conference that uh, seems like you're pretty in on him, but you're just kind of thoughts at this NIL and, and this transfer and portal <laughs> stuff right now. Um, yeah. So to bring it back to, you mentioned it a couple minutes ago, the NIL money is going to have to calm down and how you structure rosters. Yeah. You mentioned like last year we got really carried away with, let's just get, get guys and give them money, not worry about how their games yeah. fit, how they how they fit culturally. And we lost the culture really bad. And so if you're wanting to build a program rather than just a kind of one hit wonder or a couple years, you got to lay off the NIL a little bit and go for yeah. guys that'll fit you and your system and your coaching. And I see McCaslin mentioned that from the beginning. I want guys that want to be here for Texas tech and want, they're going to want to work hard and guys that love basketball. Really like sounds right, simple. Guys but... that love basketball. Like that, that's how you build culture is getting guys that want to play for tech, like Robert Jennings, apparently that want to work hard, play really hard. And we didn't have a lot of guys like that last year. Um, and that also kind of, you know, makes the locker room leadership somewhat questionable too. So 
I think it's good that we're hearing, you know, me and you've heard in Texas with some people about maybe the NIL taking a little rollback on how much money is getting spread yeah. out. Um, and I think that's a good thing in the long run. Um, now, if you're getting a guy like, oh, who's that? Like that Miller kid for Alabama. Like if you're getting a top five pick type guy, yeah. okay, maybe you game plan to change some things there. But for some regular guys and starters and rotation guys, like let's not dish out a ton of money. Let's get guys that we want to coach and they want to. Yeah, I coach. definitely. You want to get in on that? I definitely think our like money guys like Womble, Campbell level 13 I, they're not money guys but they're helping facilitate that or whatever um sure. and i know they had a hand in like kind of picking some of the guys who are coming here uh and i think we just got like oh we got to be this big bad nil thing you know we're we're up there with the top i think it needs to be yeah. player first and then yeah. money not last money, year was money yeah, first it was money got the this money guys the were picking the players and then you know i think adam just was like whatever like <clears> y'all do it and see what happens and yeah you know, look what look what happened i mean he ended up being right ultimately cost him the job and obviously there's faults that he had to that too but i think if as mccaslin has asked like i am in control of the nil you not dusty yes. womble not cody campbell should. not like, money guys you're yeah. the one coaching the guys and it's your and ass. and so if he's responsible for that then i definitely feel like at ease because he's going to get the right guys and then he's going to go to the nil and tell him hey y'all make this happen and the key is like we got away from finding guys who wanted to play basketball. And I think the problem with the money guys yeah. is they found a bunch of guys who were money guys too. And that all they cared about was getting a bag instead of actually like going out there and playing ball. Yeah. And you need to find the guys who actually care about playing ball. Because if you go out there and you focus on basketball, the money's going to always be there. The money's always going to come. If you go out there, focus, be good at basketball. The money's going to come, whether it's this year at Texas tech, maybe yeah. not, but you know, look, totally. look at what happened to Adonis. He came here, had a great year, and, you know, he's got a chance in the G League now, maybe a chance that he didn't have before he came to Texas Tech. So it creates opportunities if you're willing to learn, willing to put the effort in. And if McCaslin yep. can find those guys, you can have success. Look at the NIL this year. You have two great examples, I think. You have three great examples of what NIL can do to you. You have Texas Tech. You can get all the guys, all the talent in the world, <laughs> right? But if the guys don't love basketball, if they care about the money, like you watch that implode this season. Or it could work out. You get all the guys for money, and you can make the Final Four like Miami. Or you can just find guys who want to play basketball and be good at basketball, and you can have Kansas State happen. And which one is more sustainable? And the Kansas State one's sustainable. Sustainable as hell. You can find really good dudes across college basketball who can come in and play good basketball for you. And that's what Kansas State had. They had yep. eight, nine different guys who could play really good, really good basketball. And of course it helps to have a guy like Marquise Noel who can take his game to another level. Goes but off. Yeah. that's a much more sustainable thing in this NIL culture is just finding those guys and having a coach like Jerome Tang, like Grant McCaslin, who yep. can go find those guys that he needs for that system and make it work. And so ultimately that's what you got to have. And if, you know, and I hate to say it, but if Jalen Tyson's not that guy, if he's a bag chaser guy who doesn't want to be, be coached, do we, do I want him? Like, I, I, I don't know if I do, if he's like, I've heard he's not a very coachable guy and you know, it sucks cause you can see all the talent there, but bro, if you don't want to be coached, yeah. if it's like, are you going to fit in? Are you going to buy into any culture? Yeah. So yeah. Great segue to actually talking about individual guys the guys that i listed the seven guys obviously jennings is solidified the other six i i want the other six here like pop lamar demorian jalen Kerwin, chiron i want them here i mean we saw flashes from all of them some more than others but i think those guys want to be better but just didn't have great yeah. leadership from coaches or, or players last year so maybe some of them don't know where where they fit in because of that. Now Jalen should be that guy, but yeah. is he? Now, and that's where I kind of get with the other two guys, Bacho and Fisher. I still want oh, both yeah, of I those guys yeah. back because Bacho is a seven foot, really good player. We saw. I mean, we saw great flashes of that in the non-conference. And you don't find guys like that yeah. everywhere. Like there's not many of those running across the state of 
or the country playing college basketball. Like you don't find many 20 year olds like that. And we're not going to be able to replace him to be honest. Like you're not getting a transfer as good as him. Like he's got power five offers. He's not going mid major and whatnot. He's going to be back in a power five conference next year. But we also saw his kind of attitude late in the season. Does he want to be here and work for what he's got? So that comes into question. Fisher, we're obviously the number one Elijah Fisher podcast until he leaves. And obviously would love him back. He's got by far the biggest ceiling. He's like if you created the perfect player for the no middle for what we want to do, he's that guy. He's strong. He's yep. six 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 seven, lengthy, can Lynch. guard one through five, can guard a post because he's big, physical. Yeah, he's like the perfect player for this. Athletic. But apparently I, I don't feel. So obviously I would want all of them back. Yeah. Whether they want to be here or would be good fits for McCaslin, that's up to him. Um, and like you kind of said, not much of that is getting yeah. out right now. Not much is getting out right now. You know, from what it sounds like, Tyson's 50-50, Pop's 50-50. <laughs> Um, kind of feels like Lamar is, is, is in, um, I, I haven't heard any rumors of him like hitting the portal or anything, which is, is key. Cause I also think Lamar is like a perfect player for this, uh, for this system. Uh, and you saw it a oh, lot with his oh, defensive yeah. potential last year. And if the offense can get more consistent, like he's, he's a guy that I want to be here. Um, you obviously know it with pop and Tyson. Um, so it, it, it just depends. You got to trust the process, though. If McCaslin feels like these guys don't aren't aren't passionate about ball, uh, don't love the game, are here for the money, and they find themselves in the transfer portal, like yep. I think you just got to you got to trust McCaslin and his decisions. And it's hard to right now because you don't know him, you're not familiar with him. He hasn't won any no. games here yet, but I think like if you're really bought into McCaslin, you're just gonna have to trust the process. And it might be a long one. It might see some guys that you want to be here go unfortunately. Uh, but I think you're ultimately going to get guys who are going to come into this program and, and, and like be bought into the program, be bought into the university and be like those guys, like a Bryson Williams and Adonis arms, like guys that you fell in love with it for a year. Yeah. Like you, those guys are out there. Like those guys are out there and you just got to trust McCaslin to be able to find them. Um, and so, yeah, I really want that UNT big man, their 16 yeah. kid. Him, or I mean, obviously Tyler Perry would be great, but it seems like this dude's just loving his options right now, and he's like on all sorts of visits, and he's just oh, like yeah. taking advantage of this. So, I mean, yeah, him. hey, a kid who probably thought his whole career was just going to be at UNT, and now he's getting like all these SEC schools coming after him. Like, yeah, I mean, that's 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 yeah, where I mean, the transfer that, portal like, is cool is like you get these guys who didn't have those offers who go and work their asses off, and then now they get this chance. And you're getting kind of smaller guys getting some love, like Tyler Perry and the Kansas State kid who just went off. I forgot yeah, his name Noel. real quick. Noel, like they're both like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, type yeah. dudes, like. So good for them for getting what they want and go on some visits real quick before you figure out where you want to yeah, go. Yeah, don't rush this process. Like, you got plenty of time, um, and you obviously got plenty of schools after you, so make sure you're going to the right one. And if that right one is Texas Tech, Tyler Perry, we'll take you. We'll have you. Um, uh, yeah. But I think, like, that all depends on what Pop's decision is because I think if Pop leaves – yep then you fill that role. You need to fill that role and, and Tyler could be that. But if pops yeah. here, like I don't necessarily know if you need Tyler Perry yeah. that really. You'd kind of be yeah. running it back with two small guards like we did last year and we don't yeah. really want that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as, you know, the McCaslin area gets started, as, you know, recruits actually start committing, as we actually figure out who is staying, who's committed to Texas Tech. Um, but right now all we know is Robert Jennings is back. And so right now it's Woo! a Robert Jennings fan podcast right now. We're all on uh, Robert Jennings Island because it's the only island we got. Um, but we'll, of course, continue to monitor that, uh, you know, as as news breaks through Twitter or wherever else. We'll be sure to be back here and cover it. But any other basketball tidbits you got for us this week, Dustin? No, man. All right. Well, it's been a minute, but we got some Texas Tech baseball to discuss uh, since we've last spoken to you guys. TCU, North Dakota State, and a Stanford series have all happened. So let's head over to the Diamond, discuss a little Texas Tech baseball. 
All right, Dustin, Texas Tech baseball has had a lot of action since the last time we spoke. Previously on Texas Tech Baseball, we had a 2-1 series win over Texas Christian University here in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, we followed that up with another 2-1 series win over North Dakota State. And then the most recent uh, series, we split a midweek series in California uh, against number eight Stanford. Uh, we're losing the Monday battle, but winning the Tuesday battle pretty decisively with 11-2 win over Stanford. So, Dustin, that's a lot of baseball since the last time we talked. Um, we got to go a to a wild, crazy Friday night game versus the Horn Frogs. That was one of the yeah. most bizarre baseball games uh, that I've ever seen. Um, so, any any anything you want to talk about uh, for a baseball over the past couple weeks? Yeah, that Friday TCU game was nuts. I mean, we were sitting there, I don't know, sixth inning or something, fifth, middle of the fifth, I don't know. We were kind of already discussing our departure yeah. plans. If, if this inning doesn't go good, are we out? Are we going to stay for three more? I think we had figured out, like, if the seventh doesn't go good, we're out. <laughs> didn't start good. And the sixth is when it all – this sixth is when it all turned around. I mean, starting off eight to zero was not nope. ideal. And then you just kind of – I think they stretched it to, yeah, like, so I think 11 In the sixth inning, you got it back from – you got it back 12 to 10. And then they came out in the seventh and immediately put four more runs on. And so it was like 16 to 10 heading to the bottom of the seventh. And I think that's when we were like, all right, if we, we get three outs here, we're this out. Doesn't go good, and then you scored nine runs <laughs> and end up uh, winning the game. <laughs> I think you won like yeah. by four somehow. Football score. I mean, 22 to 18 or something like that. It was nuts. And obviously there were a lot of ultras that were demolished during that game as well. But just getting a series victory over a top three or four team like that's always good, especially kind of a rival-ish baseball-wise with TCU. So that's always good. Winning against North Dakota State, great. Handled your business there. And then splitting midweek with Stanford is good. I mean, they're a top 10 yeah. team looking really good. So be able to win one at their place is great. Yeah. I mean, and decisively the way you did, you like dominated basically like that, huge, that second game. And I mean, I I was thinking about this yesterday or day, maybe today. Like, your win against them is counts way more than yeah. their win against you because it's at they're supposed to win at their place. You basically got like three extra points for that win. Like, that's yeah, a huge that's, win, quad yeah, one win, wish, dude. Yeah, a quad one win. <laughs> Um, yeah, you kind of wish you would have, you know, you had a good chance of winning that Monday one too. You got off to a four nothing start and, you know, unfortunately some of your pitching, I think like, you know, it, it's kind of become the common thing with these Tadlock teams over the last few years. It's like, whatever your pitching is going to do for you is how far you're going to be able to go in this postseason Cause you have the bats sure. when this year, you, you have the offense to do it, but can you find consistent pitching and just like so far this year, it's like, you never know what you're going to get from these guys each and every outing yeah, like this year's the most extreme oh, we've yeah. seen though it's i mean even that tcu game i mean we were giving them every hit and home run possible and then we still hit our yeah they didn't have we it. didn't have a zero run you know, inning like, on them until the eighth inning they had to score to run every single inning yeah. <laughs> it was like you don't have anybody who can go out there and, and throw strikes it's like i always joked about like when cliff was our coach he always coached to not lose the game instead of like coaching to win I yeah. feel like our pitchers go out there to like not throw balls instead of like going out there and just trying to throw, like I'm going to go out here and throw strikes. They yeah. just have the wrong it, mentality. It seems like we also never give up just like a yeah. winning inning either. Like it's, it's multiple runs across the plate for the other team. And it's always like, like and it's always punches. damaged ourselves. It's because we, oh, we got the first two guys and then all of a sudden we walked two guys on and then now they get it. We do need to tighten up some fielding stuff, though, that's fixable. Yeah. Like, there's been some lapses in defense that's like, ah, oh, come on. There's been some lapses definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Like, you definitely hurt yourself, I feel like, and that's that's kind of the issue. But, yeah, if you can shore up your pitching, like, you got really good performances all of a sudden on that Tuesday game from a bunch of dudes came yep. out there, pitched really solid games. Brandon Beckel has been consistently, I think, your best pitcher overall. Maybe he should just start. By far. I, 
you know, I, I, I don't know. Cause Girton is all over the place. Mason Molina has been all over the place. Like you don't really have any starters that you just absolutely, you don't have any pitchers that you absolutely trust. You know, you don't have a pitcher that's consistent yeah. from inning to inning from pitch to pitch. Like it's just, yeah. it's really frustrating. And I definitely know a lot of people talking about Matt. Well, is Matt Garner's time up here? Like, uh, he's been here a long time. Is it about time to maybe consider somebody else for that position? Uh, I'm definitely kind of in that boat. I'm like, maybe this is too much. And, you know, maybe it's gone stale with him. Maybe we need a, somebody else to re- re-energize. Maybe. I've, I mean, I don't know enough to speak on that. I do know that I think pit, pitching and recruiting kids to pitch is the hardest part oh, yeah. of college baseball. Pitching is one of the, the probably one of the hardest things to do in all the sports. Like, it's not I mean, easy. It, it takes those guys so long to figure out how to pitch and maintain their arm and all that stuff is so technical and takes a long, long time. So to ask some of these guys to do it really early on in their careers. Yeah, it is, but it always feels like we just never have dudes who can go out there and consistently throw strikes. You used to have that back in the day. You used to have guys who could go out there and every time Steven Gingry was pitching it was a dub and you know, Davis Martin for years was really consistent. You you do shatter. Dylan Dusek and Ryan Shetter combo. combo. Like, man, man. Even even like uh Kazada. Yeah. I mean, small dude that didn't have a fastball, but the sickest curveball. I mean, it was flying in there. Yeah, you always had like a reliable it was, it was an bullpen guy, Parker Mashinsky that one year, Jacob Patterson, like Hayden yeah. uh Howard, I think. Uh you just always had dudes and and now it feels like you get less and less arms that you can just consistently trust. Um Right. Which sucks, but you know they they continue to find ways to win these series, though, and and that's what you'll take. And head next up for the Red Raiders, they head uh, to Norman to take on Oklahoma, who's been struggling this year. So um, hopefully, should be another C- Big Twelve series dub for the Red Raiders. But of course, on the road, you've only won one game so far. So uh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you've won one on the road. I mean, you're sitting at four and five in the conference. You've only played three series. You just took your your odd break that everybody gets. Um, Oklahoma, though, they're three and six, not great. Um, so you need to a sweep would be ideal. To be honest, like you got to start, you got to get a sweep or two yeah. or string some together in here with this bottom part of the Big Twelve. Like you got to, we got to really makes up make up some ground a little bit i mean no one's running away with this conference yet but this is where you could start yeah. to either get to the top of that and stay up there or stay yeah and this is what we talked about before conference play started was like you your whole conference play was front loaded oklahoma state texas tcu all to start you're through that through and now you got the rest of the conference and if you uh, if you can start that run, that run that we were always talking about with Texas Tech Sports, the run starts now. Go on this a run, is a man. chance, uh, a big opportunity this weekend to go get a series win on the road, get a sweep. If you're able to do that, like you really put yourself in a much, much better position uh, heading down the stretch here. So, uh, you know, yep. tune in to wherever these games are, probably ESPN Plus or whatever. Catch, you know, Jeff Haxton on the radio call. I know a lot of people prefer that. Uh, I prefer that to some of these streaming that you get on the on the road games they're not sure. good at all so go tune into the jeff hacks and call some adios machachos for the red raiders in norman this weekend um dustin anything else baseball related no let's go win some games let's go, on the let's diamond, go win man. a series up there in norman um uh, we don't have a whole lot of football to talk about but there was a tweet that surfaced ranking big 12 coaches including the four newbies so we thought it'd be worth our time to kind of take a look at that and discuss that tweet so let's go talk a little bit of texas tech football right quick somebody turn on some damn All right, Dustin, so the tweet that we mentioned, ranking Big 12 football coaches surfaced this week. I don't even know what account did that. It was like a, was it on three? On three sports. On three sports. I don't know what they do, but they're on They do a lot of recruiting stuff I've seen. Third um, third base. Player rankings and stuff like that. But they decided to drop a Big 12 coaching rankings. And uh, here's the list. 
uh, starting from worst to best. Number 14, Neil Brown, West Virginia. Number 13, Scott Satterfield, the new coach at Cincinnati. Number 12, Dana Holgerson at Houston. 11, Brent Venables, OU. 10, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Number 9, Texas Tech, Joey McGuire. Number 8, Dave Aranda. Number 7, Matt Campbell. Number 6, Kalani Sitaki at BYU. Number 5, Gus Malzahn at UCF. Number 4, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Your top three, Lance Leopold at Kansas. Number two, Sonny Dykes at TCU. And number one, Chris Kleiman, Kansas State. Dustin, where do you want to go with this conversation? Okay, first off, the reason I brought this up, Ike, there's a lot of different ways you can go. There was no context behind this ranking yeah. system. So I want to kind of give some just to dissect. Not what I think they did. What I think we should do while discussing it is let's discuss these guys on like, two or three different things here. Like one, you get a, it's not a legacy thing. Like it's a, at your current school thing. So like Gus Malzahn won at Auburn national championship, but we're not going to like, that doesn't make him a better UCF coach, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't want to do the legacy thing. Like yeah. with your school, um, I think years at your school does count. Like people like Joey McGuire with only one year. Yeah, and Mike Brennan with one year. Like, I think that stuff does count and factor into this. Um, <clears throat> the new guys coming in, I don't really – they could be kind of whatever. Um, but the rest of them, like I do think Neil Brown is at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I don't know how he got extended, yeah, especially I with agree. their uh, schedule coming up. He's pretty screwed. I, I – Holgerson just seems like they're just a divorced family low. <laughs> leaving together though. Like he hasn't done yeah. a lot with Houston to be honest. You know, I don't think it's low. I think it's pretty. Yeah. Obviously Scott Satterfield's so, new, yeah, so he's fine. not going to get any here. sort of benefit uh, right here. Venables did suck. I think Sarkeesian's about right. Yeah, he has one. He has one head coaching year. Yeah, that was not I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, him, him and Holgerson are hand in hand. Um, I think McGuire's pretty close to where he should be because he's only been there one year. It was only an eight and five year. It wasn't yeah. spectacular. Now, like us Texas Tech people know, like it's trending upwards. Obviously, like so, I wouldn't get. Yeah, you yeah, gotta see like, it I'm not gonna more get mad. than one year though. Dave Aranda, one spot above him, was in the Big Twelve Championship game last year, in his first year. So like I'm fine with that. Matt Campbell's done some pretty dang good things at Iowa State. Now, not in the last couple years, but his first few, pretty dang solid and good. So like I'll give him that. I'll skip the Gus and Satake group just because. I don't really know what they're bringing to the table. Now, this is where I kind of like, eh, what are we doing at the top? <clears throat> like Lance Leipold at three? Is it, yeah, that's Is it because he has to work me. with kids that go to Kansas for football? Because he won six games with Kansas. Like, I think He's the third he best should coach. be shuffled over under McGuire or in between Sark and Yeah, Vendles. I think he's way too high. Like, I think he's way too high. I mean, obviously, what he did at Kansas last year was amazing, but they still only won six games. Um, and I mean, yeah, it, it's an imp as impressive of a turnaround job as there could be. But at the same time, it's it's that's that make him the third <laughs> yeah, best exactly. coach in the conference. <laughs> like, is he doing a great job at his situation? Yes. Is he doing a great job in this conference? No. <laughs> Like, better job than Mike Gundy <laughs> who's done it the way That's he should I be over say, like, Mike Gundy who's tenure freaking... of years of success Gundy should be he should be number probably one probably at least second and maybe one or two I would say climbing at one is I would okay have him one or two no because doubt. he's won big 12 championships he got them back to being yeah I don't have a, a big problem with that team, team, team every year and he has the dominance with North Dakota State like that's still there like 
and I like yeah. like doing the history of it. Like he he's up there history wise with like consistency yeah. w- and winning. I think it's the the Leipold deal is the f- stupid part. I think it should be something like climbing Dykes Gundy. I think Sonny does get a lot. I mean, it's one year, but sure, he made the damn national championship game. Yeah, but all of a sudden, like if we're doing the legacy thing with climbing, then like what about the legacy thing with Sonny Dykes, where he's never really been anything spectacular no no legacy like no, no legacy, legacy thing then yeah well i mean climbing's climbing's obviously a legacy I'm thing. Doing no legacy. climbing's not just there because he won a big 12 championship last year like um i mean maybe so you go gundy one and then climbing dykes or something like that. i would have mike gundy one because he's been the longest tenured coach in the conference and yeah, he's been that's it's hard to argue that like, against that. I know, I like He's that. He's won yeah. a lot there. I would probably have climbing too. Um, and then I think I would have to do. I would Dykes have to do three. Dykes three. I mean, I'm not saying Sunday Dykes isn't. He it's been one be year, in the top but it's a great year. Yeah, I made the national championship. Yeah. Um, at TCU, so yeah, he's got to be top three. Yeah, like, I mean, I just didn't. I wanted to bring it up just because, like. I saw, you know, they, people make lists like this to get get the people going, get a discussion going, and like tech fans and people were like Joey McGuire at nine, and I was like, actually, that's pretty accurate for what happened last year. Yeah, like, I think he's ahead of the coaches it, that it I is. want him to be ahead of. I think Leipold is like the <laughs> main thing. Sure. Like, yeah, I think he's, but you know, I still think he needs to prove it. He has one one year of head coaching experience. Like the guys above him yeah. still have other schools that they've been head coaches at. Um, like literally Joe, Joey got, has high school as a head coach and, and this. So, yeah. And you got Gus Malzahn with a national championship and Sonny Dykes with a national championship appearance. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think and he's you obviously have got what? some work, to, but he's obviously got a chance five. to make the top five eventually. Um, like four of those guys with big four or five of those guys with big 12 championships, like a lot better accolades and stuff there. Now, McGuire, like I said, McGuire's trending up next year. He could be in the top five of this type yeah. of list. Make a run like to the big 12 championship year. and you could have yourself Make a run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when you only have one year to go off of and yeah, it was a good year and we're really remembering that, you know, Hey, we won that bowl game handedly. We beat Texas and Oklahoma. There's some yeah. tough losses in there along the way. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah. it's a good start for him, I think. And just one to yes. build off of. And it's trending up. Yeah. Quit getting mad at rankings that don't matter. You know, it just goes back to no, get mad that Lance Leifold is in the top three. That, get mad about that, that yeah. everything else is fine. <laughs> get mad at that. Like there's no way he should be over Mike get Gundy. That's, that. so, that's the, that's the only thing on this that made me go, wow, what? <laughs> But yeah, so wanted to talk about that tweet. Any other little football things that you want to discuss? We got a recruit today. Um, his name's Cheetah, uh, like that. Um, uh, but yeah, not not a whole lot of other football um, news right now. The the Spearman kid that was a four or five star athlete recruit that went to Texas last year entered the portal today. Yeah. So. Let's bring him back to Panhandle West Texas, possibly. I mean, he's real, real fast. Yeah, I uh, I know his aunt. Uh, she works at a appraisal district up in the Panhandle area. Um, and she would always give me so much shit because she's a Texas fan. And then, of course, her nephew oh. <laughs> went there. And so she's got to be obviously devastated that he's transferring because she won't get to throw that at me anymore. <laughs> um, but um, And the other thing is Cliff got a job. Yeah. Cliff is back at USC. Cliff is back at USC, his second stint, technically. I think they kept his office sign for him, you know? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) I don't even know if he was there long enough to get a sign. (laughs) I think they they did a whole Uh, thing with him in the office. He was there for at least a month, so. Literally, like, 30 days. (laughs) But, like, I did want to discuss that just for a couple minutes. Great situation for him. It's a can't lose situation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was going to go back to the college ranks, but he's the, he's not even the quarterback. Coach. He's just like an offensive guy. Getting, getting that but money he's from be Arizona. Like quarterback coach. And 
yeah, still getting paid from Arizona and living in LA, like great weather and all that gets to coach Caleb Williams. Like that's awesome. And like, like I said, it can't lose situation. Like yeah. Lincoln Riley's doing all the offensive stuff anyways. Like Cliff's not calling plays or organizing this or that, but he just gets to coach Caleb Williams, which is a great situation for all three parties there. Like Lincoln Riley doesn't have to worry about what Caleb's doing. Cliff's coaching him, which that's all he did at Tech was coach the quarterbacks anyways and had a pretty good track record of that. Gets to recruit whatever USC kids come. Like mm, I don't think he likes Can't Cliff lose situation. He hates like, recruiting, so. They score 50 uh, points. It's going to look good on Cliff too. That. Yeah. Yeah. He did good with quarterbacks. Well, one specifically. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm, that's what I'm I, I could care less about Cliff. <laughs> he only cared like, about because of position. how he, did, you know, what he did here. How Tech fans still like treat him and rooted for Arizona. I don't know. I'm like so done. I was so done with him, um, mainly because it was just frustrating that he was terrible no. here and somehow got a better job from it. But yeah, it's a great spot for him. It's a great spot for him to be. And um, and I'm sure it'll one that all kind of one that he can do and not have to, not really have to prove anything. And then when, whenever, whatever NFL offensive no, coordinator jobs come up in any year, so he'll probably be in the running for that. So, <laughs> so good way to collect yep. some paychecks from exactly the NFL right, and man. make a little bit more money and and live out in LA and coach a Heisman winner. So uh, he's got that kind of made for him to. Uh, this upcoming season, unless you know, all of a sudden an NFL team decides they want to make yeah. him their head coach after <laughs> after he takes a USC job. So, um, I guess shout out to you, Cliff, uh, for you know, I guess you're doing it right now. You're doing it right, right at this moment. Um, so you got that contract extension in the NFL and then got fired after. Yeah. That's that's the way to go. Um. So yeah, uh, cool for him, Dustin. Any uh, final yep. shots for us this week? Yeah, I I know you got playoffs to talk about. I wanted to talk about a team not in the playoffs. Dallas Mavericks did it right by not making the play-in tournament and getting that tenth spot and having to play a stupid play-in tournament and then getting to play the Nuggets first round and lose. Like they realized. It was not worth getting that tenth place and possibly in the tournament. When if you yeah. don't, you're you get a top ten pick. If you get eleventh and go to that tournament, you that pick goes to the freaking Knicks for the Christoph Porzingis trade. Like you weren't gonna win the whole thing, so you might as well just get out of it and keep a really good pick. Like if they were obviously like fifth or sixth seed or whatever, that's a different story. Like you're obviously too far in, but like being that close and controlling a top 10 pick. Hey, let's do that. And think about the future a little more. Now the future with Kyrie is very questionable. Maybe that can work out. Maybe not. I think at this point you kind of just got to sink your teeth in it and try to make it work. Like since you already did it, like you already traded too many good pieces and, it's like that sucks, but you got a top ten pick now, and that's better than making a stupid play in tournament. So I think they did a great. Yeah, job it was the right way to go. It was just a disappointing Not season, one of the most disappointing out. seasons, and a franchise that looked and seemed to have so much hope after making it to the Western Conference Finals last year is all of a sudden this like you have no idea what's going to happen. I assume Jason Kidd's gone, <laughs> hopefully. Um, Luca doesn't seem like he's all that happy. No. Um, I think I think the Mavs should trade Luca. That would be what I would do. Trade Luca. Go get that. Go go get Wimby. No, you can't do that. Go trade Luca to get that number one pick for this year. Get Wimby. Get Wimby. I I, I don't I don't. That's what I would do. Oh man, what a! Deep. I mean, you're gonna you're oh, you're gonna lose him mean, in another year. So I don't know. Well get some assets for him. Because, you know, all right, cool. Um, you know, waste another couple of years and then him just walk away in free agency because he's not happy. Or you could trade him while he still has quite a bit of value. Go get you some pieces to rebuild. 
I don't know. I'd rather ride it out, try to make it good with him, win with him, and see if you can keep him here. If he walks, he walks. But yeah, I'd rather I'd see rather him like you know show that he can stay in shape through an off season. You know, put a little effort in on the defensive side of the ball. Um, like I don't know, prove that he pr- proves that he wants to win. Proves that he wants to win. Because um, <laughs> I mean, he put defense, up awesome stats this year, about? but yet yeah, here you are. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but also, you know, you didn't really, they didn't really build a good oh, yeah. team around him. So that hurts, you know, could have had, could have had Brunson. That's the thing. Like I heard a great comparison, like he's, yeah, he's basically James Harden, a little more athletic James Harden, like offensively, like that's what, and it's, that's a hard person to build a team around. Like you need certain guys. Yeah, you had so one of them, Kyrie's Jalen Brunson, not those, decided not to sign him and one, I think, so. let that one go. And he was a perfect piece around there. But also, you just had to have it. Like, Christian Wood obviously wasn't the move. Like, y'all didn't have any sort of defense. Um, and you got to have a little bit of a defense to win in the NBA. So, it will be interesting to see what happens with the Mavs this offseason. But the playoffs have begun. Lakers winning a wild playing game last night wild crazy also horrible basketball like all at the same time oh, it was just like a uh, clutch three from Dennis Schroeder to put them up three then an absolute dumbass play by Anthony Davis to foul Michael Conley to give him three free throws just fucking stupid and Michael Conley ties the game so in overtime bad. the Lakers have the ball up three LeBron just a silly inbound turnover pass that turns out to a wide open Timberwolves three uh, luckily they missed it, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just some kind of bad basketball down the stretch there, but oh. dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was entertaining, wasn't but good that basketball. was a bad, it was definitely play in basketball, not definitely basketball teams that probably are going to get ousted. I would imagine <laughs> early in the playoffs. Yeah. It was, it was like, oh my gosh. The Lakers um, looked like but, Texas Tech trying to throw the ball in late. Yeah. But nonetheless, the playoffs <laughs> are gosh, here. Uh, we're still waiting some playing games oh, to happen. Team. The final playing games on Friday. And then we have a full slate of playoff games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Dustin, any playoff matchups that really scream out to you here in the first round? I would say you get Sacramento. Um, dang, I Who's love Golden that. State yeah. playing the Kings. I like that a lot. Just because the Kings have been kind of slept on all year, then they go out and win the division, get a top four seed, but then they're going to be underdogs yeah. to Kyrie, not Kyrie, a staff that are all healthy again. Yeah, that's got to suck. Warriors, like that's got to suck so as a Kings fan. We made the playoffs. Ah, sure. oh, we got to fucking play the the West is going to be Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Steph and Clay. <laughs> like the West is going to be fun and crazy. Yeah, I, I think all the series except for the Denver, the Denver series will be entertaining. Grizzlies, Lakers, that'll be fun. <laughs> we also stupid. had the regular season drama with them. Uh, yeah. the Kings Warriors that's obviously going to be really fun and then the 4-5 the Suns and the Clippers like that's like all of those series are great Eastern Conference kind of a snooze fest over there Ooh, the like, only first round series that I'm intrigued by is heavy. Cavs it's, Knicks it's I think that'll be kind of a there. that'll be a fun one that could be interesting but yeah it's, yeah let's just skip it, let's we're just all get just to, looking forward to second let's round just get to the next round Boston Philly I think it would be Bucks there. Bucks versus Philly <laughs> Or no, it's Boston versus Philly, and then Bucks versus the winner of the yeah. I do like that. Like, it's Boston Philly. Yeah, I mean, we just mentioned there's seven teams in the oh. West and t- three in the East. Like, there's legit ten teams that might win the championship this year. That's by far the most we've had ever, or in a long, long, long time. Like, usually it's two, three, maybe four teams, and that's maybe five at the most. Loaded. Like, yeah. Usually it's not this. I think it's going to be Bucks you know, Suns again. I think that's kind of. I think win. as long as KD and the Chris Paul stay healthy, like the Suns are going to be really good and tough to beat. I think the Bucks are just too good, and Giannis is, you know, obviously at another level. So I'm done with them. I still want to see the Warriors go back so to another one. 
Let's get on with <laughs> it. Remember, Draymond <laughs> punched his freaking teammate. God. So did Rudy Gobert. He got probably, suspended. They probably the game. were in that the game. The most important game of the season. He's one of the biggest jokes of an NBA player that there is. So, but yeah, the playoffs are getting going. Uh, you know, like I, we talked about at the beginning, we'll be in Vegas for the the first games, uh, getting to watch those. So you know, if you got any. Any, you know, feels for games, send them to us. Maybe we'll put a little money on them, get, get to watch those games there. So looking forward to that. Anything else you got for us this week, Dustin? Yep. And with that, we oh, are Let's officially great time on to Vegas, Bachelor dude. Weekend here at Tailgate Talks. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to Las Vegas. So, you know, send us your best wishes. Um, you know, wish uh, good things for us. Uh, you know, good, good, good days at the tables, good days at the sports books, all that to come. Uh, we're looking forward to it to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. We ask you to follow us. Do that for my Bachelor Weekend. Give us a follow. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five star ratings. Uh, and if you listen to us on Apple, leave us a review. Also, give our Twitter accounts a follow. Follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. We'll be posting some stuff throughout the trip um, for you guys to kind of engage with us on that. We have some Big Twelve kind of related things we're going to be doing there. Uh, keeping an eye on so uh, give that twitter page a follow but we also are on facebook and on instagram uh, and also give that youtube channel a follow to catch clips from each week's show that we're posting also in the future if we decide to go back and doing some live shows you can catch those there thanks for hanging out with us this week talk a little texas tech basketball texas tech baseball a football tweet and getting ready for the nba playoffs uh, once again, appreciate it, and as always, we will catch y'all at the next time. Peace.